We are so lucky to have all of you with us here in worship today, and we are also incredibly lucky to have Jill Brundell and Marilyn Thompson, her accompanist here, to share with us the music that will frame our service today, part of which you just got to hear. We're lucky to have Asher Davidson, who's going to be leading us in song, and Bill Gans, Eric Shackelford, and... Jonathan Silk, making sure you can see and hear us. Thomas Brown and Robert DeLow taking care of the building, making sure we can all be here safely and welcome our guests this morning. I want to thank Joe Chapeau, who is actively managing our chat in case you have any questions, and later on Alex Dar, who's going to be the person who is supporting our coffee hour Zoom gathering. And I want to thank Sam King, my assistant in worship leading this morning. Thank all of you. Thank Judy Payne for the gorgeous flowers. We give thanks for everything and everybody that makes all of our opportunities to gather possible. This morning, many of you asked, and I'm glad you did, that we do something that oftentimes we reserve just for honoring members of this congregation who have passed, but this morning we are going to extinguish a candle on our altar for John Robert Lewis. Some lives carry more than their weight, don't they? They exude more courage, commitment, they show up again and again when showing up matters even when no one is watching. John Lewis was such a person, civil rights leader, U.S. Representative to Georgia's 5th District from 1987 until his death this week. And so we extinguish a candle. The light of his life carries on, but some piece of him is lost to us. And we acknowledge that. The grief, our commitment to carry on, his work, our work, until victory is won. This morning is a sermon that is going to dive deep into the season of summer through the lens and openings that poetry offers us, the way it lures us, the way it awakens us with the poet's words that try and capture the ineffable in something that we can participate in together. So on the wings of poetry we we ride in part this morning. And so I open with words from Audre Lorde, a poem of hers entitled Coal, in which she writes, Some words live in my throat, breeding like adders. Others know sun, seeking like gypsies over my tongue to explode through my lips, like young sparrows bursting through the shell. Some words bedevil me. So we begin our worship and we will light a candle also this morning in honor of all of you. Bring your spirit into this place where we gather until such time and day as we can gather here bodily again together. 
And so we begin our worship. All of our hymns this morning are either have lyrics written by poets, or in this case, the lyrics are by the mystic poet Rumi, and the music is by our own Unitarian Universalist poet, Lynn Unger. It is Come, Come, Whoever You Are. If you have downloaded the Order of Service, which I encourage you to do if you haven't already, you'll see the words and the music. It is, it is around. And so if you have more than one person in your household, I invite you to try this at home. Asher and I are going to sing it once through together, and then we'll do it as a round twice. Please join us. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshipper, lover of weaving, ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. Come, come, whoever you are, Wanderer, worshipper, lover of leaving, ours is no caravan of despair. Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshipper, lover of leaving, ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. Come, yet again, come. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Now for some brief invitations. As Vanessa mentioned earlier, uh, please join us for the virtual coffee hour that is uh, after the service. You can see a link to that, the Zoom link uh, for that coffee hour in the YouTube live stream. Uh, also, uh, in the back of your order of service, there are a few events. Uh, anybody can participate in these, including visitors. Uh, some of them do require an RSVP though, so uh, please click the RSVP link if you are interested. Uh, a couple of events to highlight. Uh, there's a poetry lunch, if this service inspires you, uh, on Thursdays from noon to one, uh, and uh, that does require an RSVP. And uh, also, uh, Mark Sumner will be leading Sumner's Summer Offerings, Mondays and Thursdays from 7 to 8.30. Uh, this is going to be a musical extravaganza. So uh, if you are interested in doing some singing uh, and other musical exercises over Zoom, uh, please check that out. Uh, and uh, those are our uh, invitations for the morning. Now for uh, meditation on breathing. Uh, uh, and also, uh, our offering uh, for today is uh, in honor of uh, work to abolish the death penalty. For the first time in 17 years, a federal execution was carried out. After years of heeding concerns about the morality of taking life, the cruel and unusual methods used, the disproportionate effect that race plays in convictions that receive the death penalty, and the irrevocable price paid by the innocent, when convictions turned out to be in error. Despite this, 
we join the gallery of rogue nations who still carry out this punishment in the name of the state. And so this week, our offering is going to uh, be working to support the organization in California that is actively working to abolish the death penalty in our state, uh, and also to connect that to a nationwide network of organizations and activists uh, doing the same. When the time comes for the offering, we hope that you'll give generously. Uh, and also, I want to call out that last week's effort to support an organization working to combat anti-Asian and Pacific Islander attacks in our nation raised $900. Thank you for last week's generosity and in advance. Uh, thank you for uh, your effort and our effort as a community to put muscle and money behind our principles and beliefs this week as well. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. When I breathe in, I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out, I breathe out love. When I breathe in, I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, when I breathe out, I breathe out love. When I breathe in, I breathe in peace. When I breathe out, I breathe out love. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom and to help one another. From all that dwell below the skies, let songs of hope and faith arise. Let peace, goodwill on earth be sung through every land by every tongue. Recognizing there is human suffering all over this world in the course of all natural and human catastrophes. We ring our gong this morning in honor of three such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first, as we have since last July, in honor of the seven children who lost their lives in federal custody in detention camps in this country. And we let that ringing stand symbolically for those adults who have also lost their lives in these camps, those who remain in them, many still separated from their families, all now at greater risk, many already infected by the virus COVID-19. 
We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week to COVID-19. 37,250 people globally this week. 5,425 of those in the United States alone. We hold in our hearts also in these times all who continue to risk their lives to present and provide essential services, who suffer for the loss of a job and whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease, plus all who struggle with isolation, grief and loneliness that is harder the longer this goes on. Finally, we ring our gong for those with federal death sentences and the nation that's begun to enact the death penalty again. May we find our humanity, knit it back together, find our reason, our rational use of resources, at the very least, our humility. For the victims of crime, awful crime and the victims of a nation drawn to imitate the worst evil of its citizens. We ring our gong in remembrance and commitment. And so may we hold so much all that we have named, all those we have named in our thoughts and in our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, howsoever we can.
Our prayer this morning is Eagle Poem by Joy Harjo, 2019 Poet Laureate of the United States and member of the Muskegee Creek Nation. To pray, you open your whole self to sky, to earth, to sun, to moon, to one whole voice that is you. And know there is more that you can't see, can't hear, can't know, except in moments, steadily growing, and in languages that aren't always sound, but other circles of motion. Like eagle that Sunday morning over Salt River, circled in blue sky, in wind, swept our hearts clean with sacred wings. We see you, see ourselves, and know that we must take the utmost care and kindness in all things. Breathe in, knowing we are made of all this and breathe, knowing we are truly blessed because we were born and die soon within a true circle of motion, like eagle rounding out the morning inside us. We pray that it will be done in beauty. in beauty.
Since April, a nod to Poetry Month, anyone who wants to join has been invited to lunchtime sessions to dive into a few poems. The format is simple. One person reads it through the first time, we respond, we post the words and another person reads it while we read along, seeing how the visual and the listening and two voices and oral interpretations fold back layers on the words and we roll the whole thing around in our ears and minds and reflect back what strikes us, where it takes us. Well, that gathering has stuck, continued. This month, it's been weekly, and after some very heavy themes, the kind that poetry is famous for, loss and death and suffering, we decided one week our theme would be fun. Another chimed in limericks, and our resident poet, Robert Lavitt-Smith, currently nominated to be Poet Laureate of San Francisco for next year, a man who's written a poem a day since January and who writes a lot of complicated forms like sonnets and villanelles. Bob wrote a limerick. More accurately, wanting the text to have some room to move and unfold, it is a poem that is a series of limericks. And as you'll hear, a poem for our time about a cat, about this time, and not just about a cat, where during this time, but us too. This is Limericks with Pandemics and Cat by Robert L. Smith. The limerick faced with pandemics that ought to engender polemics, ill-suited at first when faced with the worst, makes all of our thoughts academic. How much better to think of the cat who currently sleeps where we've recently sat, curling in spaces where we leave warm places. He might have a fair point at that. Harsh times absolutely demand. We not bury our heads in the sand, but acknowledge at least this inquisitive beast who's determined to know where we stand. In an instant, this obstinate feline will make an immediate beeline for the open front door, though he's been there before and should know there's nothing to see fine. There are things we can learn from the cat. No one's going to argue with that. But should it be raining, despite all his complaining, he'll be inside in two seconds flat. And now, today's offering for the death penalty focus that you heard about uh, a few minutes earlier uh, will be given and gratefully received. You can hit the donate button and then make sure to press the special offering box. Thank you.
this summer is, shall we go with the understatement of the season, an unusual one for us. Vacation plans are upended or on hold, family reunions or meetings with friends somewhere else distant, it isn't in the cards. What seems to be in the cards though maybe is getting out into nature because RV rentals are up, our own Mary Gans and J.D. Benson, ministers who formerly served this congregation, they just got their tricked out van delivered last week for their cross-country journey. Nature, where air disperses the viral load and social distancing is already the norm, it's where some of us are heading. Or even if we aren't going there, we can vacation back in our heads to those places, the ones well beyond the four walls that constrain us these days, the places where sky and rock and tree bound our vision. And in that spirit, this poem for this summer season. Grand Canyon, by Joan Baranow. You have come to the edge in your t-shirt and tennis shoes, the trail map snapping in the sudden wind. And there, like nothing you had ever imagined, nothing in the pocket-sized postcards or the traveler's guides is the split continent enormous and jagged, a terrible incision, terribly gorgeous. The late afternoon air pouring in like liquid spilled from far fissures or glacial thaw. Below, invisible, is the green wiry river rubbing against rock, pursuing its prehistoric task. You'd not expected such a vast accident. Your shock, the same as seeing a live heart beating or the blood of a baby's birth, soon, Soon you'll descend, shouldering a pack down switchback trails into the open wound where, at dawn, you'll crawl from your nylon tent to watch the sun, that rusty iron ball, hurl itself over the broken earth. Here ends our reading. Learn what should be clear as day. We 
we cannot choose what we are free to love. We are created with and from the world to suffer with and by it day by day. For through a lively traffic over my own person I am forced to know how much must be forgotten out of love how much must be forgiven even love or else we make a scarecrow of the and tremble of our common world, or else our changing flesh can never know. There must be sorrow if there can be love. This weekend I saw a Facebook posting from a colleague and you know what it made me think of? Summertime and the living is easy. Fish are jumping and the cotton is high. Why? Well, because that colleague had a photo of him standing with the backdrop of a lake in the high Colorado mountains and an 18-inch trout he'd caught in his hands. They were jumping like crazy, he wrote. Yes, yes, my friends, it is summer. Nature is alive and coming out to play. And we, if we aren't in the microclimates of San Francisco, we're taking off some layers, literally, and also of spirit, shedding some of life's weight, hopefully for a bit. My colleagues in Seattle say it's generally understood that when the weather is good, when the sun is shining there for the, I don't know, 26 days of full sun you get in that part of the world in summer, that people don't come to church and no one faults them. It's expected. I mean, why in the world would you come to church in summer when the sun is shining? This, this after all, is the season when our our whole bodies come alive to something else, some clarion call, some siren's call, something telling us the only place to be is out in the world, like, like flowers whose only concern is pivoting to find the sun, find our way into each other's robust company. It's the time for serious things like spitting watermelon seeds and riding the pendulum flow of a hammock and, and getting lost in reverie with a blade of grass between our teeth. It's what we're made to do this time of year. Can you feel it? American poet Ogden Nash understood 
He writes in his poem, I didn't go to church today. I didn't go to church today. I trust the Lord to understand. The surf was swirling blue and white, the children swirling in the sand. He knows, he knows how brief my stay, how brief this spell of summer weather. He knows when I am said and done, we'll have plenty of time together. Tony Hoagland, another American poet, also understood the undertow of summer. In his poem, Summer in a Small Town, he writes in part, summer, when the living is easy, and we store up pleasures in our bodies like fat for the coming season of privation. All August, the Ferris wheel will turn in the little amusement park and screaming teenage girls will jump into the river with their clothes on right next to the sign that says no swimming trying to cool the heat inside the small towns of their bodies for which they have no words obedient to the voice inside them which inside which tells them now steal pleasure summer that tells us all now steal pleasure leave your time with god for rainy sundays or eternity or invite the god of your understanding to play with you in the swirling surf of blue and white do it all while you can and ignore the signs and the voices that forbid such abandon. I'm sure that all of that is part of what has gotten our country into its current rise of cases of COVID. I think it's just woven into our DNA, my friends, that pull. But for the rest of us, the rest of us law-abiding citizens of infinite discipline, we are all, I think, if you are like me, feeling a bit like Odysseus lashed to the mast of his ship when he unplugs his ears to hear the siren's call, but wanting to protect himself against what would trick him into going toward it. For so many of us, there is less freedom to roam and permission to steal pleasures of the kind that we are used to stealing in summer. But like Robert Smith's cat in the poem that we read this morning, it has us all a bit wild inside, doesn't it? Scratching a bit at the proverbial door. Astronomer Rebecca Elson, who was also a poet, was also a poet, captured the feeling, I think, in a perfect metaphor of summer in her poem, Flying a Kite. She writes, it seems to me the kite has all the fun, the view, the weightlessness, the wind, ecstatic shudders, tail streaming out, 
the urging higher, the exhilarating dives, and me, down here, left holding the string. Oh, to be the kite, right? With the view and the ecstatic shudders and the weightlessness and the exhilarating dives, to be for a spell anything that flies and is free. But we, we are for a bit the child anchored to earth, all restraint, left holding the string. And we are doing great, all of us. We are adapting. We are Zooming, we are live streaming, we are social distancing, we are masking, we are breathing through the uncertainty and the thick layers of cotton and filter. And why wouldn't we be? As Rebecca Elson says in another of her poems, Evolution, we, we are survivors of immeasurable events flung upon some reach of land, small, wet, miracles without instructions, only the imperative of change. As the inheritors of an entire genetic lineage of adaptation from our time as stardust until we crawled onto Earth, we are the creatures who survived and continue to survive immeasurable events, urged on by the ancestors. We, all of us, this legacy of small, wet miracles, born into the world without instructions and only this imperative of change that we step into. So we can do this. We are. In her poem, the poet compares human nature to the ocean from which we came. Mary Oliver reminds us, the sea can do craziness. It can do smooth. It can lie down like silk breathing or toss havoc shoreward. It can give gifts or withhold all. It can rise, ebb, froth, like an incoming frenzy of fountains, or it can sweet talk entirely, as I can too. And so, no doubt, can you, and you, Like the sea that birthed us, we can live a whole spectrum of what life shakes free and demands of us right now. We can froth and lie down like silk, ebb and flow and storm and do all of it and still hold together. But that doesn't make it easy, especially right now. Maybe. It's been long already. Yet, like the spring and summer plants turning toward the light, we also pivot, don't we? Slowly, but not too slowly, to what gives us light 
warmth, hope. Part of what seems to give us light is the natural world, isn't it, my friends? If we cannot make a journey to the Grand Canyon with its petri dish rest stops and roadside COVID risks, anything outside our doors will do these days. Long walks across the urban jungle and storybook parks of our city, or short drives to hike or dip our toes in the ocean and sand. In these places, we can be a little bit like the kite taking in the gorgeous views and the currents of the wind. In her poem, Hum, Hum, Mary Oliver writes of such ordinary thrills and the spirit and soul feeding of them all. She writes, the resurrection of the morning, the mystery of the night, the hummingbird's wings, the excitement of thunder, the rainbow in the waterfall, wild mustard, that rough blaze of the fields, the mockingbird, replaying the songs of his neighbors, the bluebird with its unambitious warble, simple yet sufficient, the shining fish, the beak of the crow, the new colt who came to me and leaned against the fence that I might put my hands on his warm body and know no fear. We know again and again in our walks and hikes among nature, the partners we have in the races of endurance that have always been part of the journey of life on this planet, even long before we were in it. We walk by trees that have seen wars and survived plagues of their own species, have grown scarred over hurt places but healed, and we start to be aware of more and more the symphony of life that is orchestrated by some conductor only partially revealed, playing out a score we will never hear finished. Walking alive and lost in nature these days is an exercise in reconnection to deeper, longer stories than this one chapter we are caught in. Home maybe is the other main place of reconnection available to us, a place many of us are seeing differently like the cat in Robert Smith's limerick with pandemic and cat, we find, I think, some deeper truths right under our own hearth, as ancient stories have told us, 
they always lie. Find the joy of curling up in spaces where others leave warm places. Maybe, maybe more solitude we find, or maybe the experience of not enough. Things bubble up when the circumstances around us don't change. I think we make space for the attention to the things that bubble up. Maybe it's yearnings of all kind. Who do we break bread with? What life have we built? Hemmed in at home, we learn with pandemic and proverbial cat that harsh times absolutely demand we not bury our heads in the sand, but acknowledge at least this inquisitive beast who's determined to know where we stand. Like the cat, Determined or not, we figure out these days where we stand. The underlying beauty of ordinary life and places where we know and cannot run from what still needs doing and fixing and filling up in us and also all the sources of delight in the life we already have Attention, said Mary Oliver, is the beginning of devotion. Attention is the beginning of devotion. That with attention comes this different kind of seeing, a a depth perception. To see a world in a grain of sand, as William Blake wrote in Auguries of Innocence, And heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand, and eternity in an hour. We have possibly been doing a lot of that lately. And knowing the ocean of loss that we swim in intimately these days, knowing it intimately. We also know the joy that breaks through and shows up in the midst of it. Surprised by it some days. For to quote Blake again, joy and woe are woven fine. A clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine, runs a joy with silken twine. And how well the poet is our companion in all of this, as Mary Oliver says in Hum Hum, we listen to the words of poets a hundred or hundreds of years dead, their words that would not be held back. And we come to know those words maybe as our own, understand them as our own. And perhaps in these days we're finding new ones of our own, like young sparrows bursting from the shell, as Audre Lorde described such moments. Then life in this pandemic summer and the fall and winter to follow, maybe, maybe becomes over time a prayer, as Joy Harjo would describe such a thing. To pray, You open your whole self to sky and earth, to sun and moon, to one whole voice that is you. 
and know there is more that you can't see, can't hear, can't know, except in moments. So may we grab hold of such moments, words that speak to our knowing and our unknowing, rest it all from the muse within, catch hold of the silken thread that weaves between us and through the life force everywhere, a force that loves to be seen and known and named and cries for devotion and urges us always, pandemic summer or not, in ways small and large, urges us now, now too. Seize pleasure. Blessings of summer and of the fullness of our lives to us all. Amen. in vain the distant beacons forward forward let us range let the great world spin forever down the ringing groves of change through the shadow of the globe we sweep ahead to heights sublime we the heirs of all the in the foremost files of time. Oh, we see the crescent promise of that spirit has not set. Ancient founds of inspiration well through all our fancies yet. And we doubt not through the ages one increasing purpose runs. And the thoughts of all are widened with the process of the suns. Yea, we dip into the future far as human eye can see. See the vision of the world and all the wonder that shall be. Hear the war drum throb no longer. See the battle flags all furled. In the parliament of freedom, federation of the world. And now in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us. Out from within us, be gracious unto us and grant us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.
Thank you. 